our goal is to win the American Conference. If we don't win that, that won't be a successful season. This man will go to war for his players. He's going to go find the most uh, battered and broken down young man, and he's going to help build him back up. Wherever he goes out, like, I'll go. Like, people understand he's a winner. It's that simple. Everybody's still stuck on what last year was on. However, it's like you guys need to pay attention. Here we go! They feel like it's us against the world. And nobody thinks we're going to be any good. They are resolute in this one thing. They, they do not want to play on a losing foot. So get ready for the rock. Because you're going to love it. Welcome to episode four of Charlotte Football Mining for Greatness, the podcast brought to you by Raven Media. I'm your host, Travis Hancock, better known as T-Bone for the Mac and Bone Show weekday mornings on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. This podcast is all about the new look Charlotte 49ers football team, a team full of players searching for success and second chances. Today, as always, we're joined by Charlotte 49ers head football coach Biff Oji. Director of Strength and Conditioning, who I've got some questions for about my own life, Louis Carella, and linebacker Demetrius Knight II. Coach, let's start with you. Another tough loss for your team last Saturday in the swamp against Florida. But what did you learn about your team in that game, and how proud are you of the the effort uh, after a challenging week against Georgia State? I was confirmed of what I thought about our team. Um we got a bunch of tough kids that love to compete and they're getting better all the time and they fight till the very end. And we were in a very hostile environment uh, and we were expected to get our brains beaten out and that's not what happened. And, and uh, we're getting better every week. Coach, there are situations where w- when you're a coach, you, you can almost gain as much from a loss as you can from a win at times, right? And learn almost as much from your team, right? Rather than win sometimes. Yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, one of the things we say around here, Travis, is we're not gonna we're not gonna waste a failure. So when we lose a game like we did at Florida, we're not gonna waste that opportunity to learn from it. And one of the things about the Florida game is you know, we're talking about here now about starting fast because uh, it, against Florida, you know, we after the first quarter, we spotted them 10 points in the first quarter. And after the first quarter, we, Charlotte had 180 yards to Florida's 170. And Florida is, is going to do incredibly well in the Southeast Conference. Trust me, they're loaded. So, you know, we had two, two opportunities inside – 13-yard line to score uh, in a one-score game. And I think it says everything to you that at the end of the game, it's 19-7, to and there's three minutes left, and they go for it on third down, and we stop them, and instead of going for it on fourth and short, they decide to kick a field goal. Are you starting to see, Coach, some strides on offense to your liking, or are you still in the lab right now really trying to figure out the best formula to get more points on the board? We're we're out of the lab. Close the lab down. We're going to set the lab on fire. But um, we know what we want to do. We got our game plan. Uh, we know how we're going to roll offensively, and and now we're just ready to execute it. 
are you still planning to go with the the two quarterbacks, or is that sort of something you're not ready to discuss? Uh, no, we're going to stay with two quarterbacks, but but um, you know we we have a better feeling of of who who can do what best. We're not going to be as um, predetermined on that as we have been the last two weeks. Coach, how, how much motivation is there that you know we're almost a month in, but conference play? has not started. So that's got to be a big thing for you right now to your team that, yeah, we, we, we've, we've lost a couple of games, but all of our goals and everything we're trying to attain is still right there in front of us. Yeah, it's really important. You know, the the American Conference, you, 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 I think the last number of years, the American Conference championship game uh, had a team with one loss in, in the league. So, you know, this is everything we're waiting for. And we've got eight games left in the in the regular season, and and you know we have um, you know we are we are we're like Lazarus. We've been raised from the dead now that we're able to go into the season and um, and, and have a conference to play for a conference championship. And to get to that championship, it starts with SMU, another another hostile environment, but because of because of scheduling early, you go to Maryland in prime time, you go to Gainesville in prime time, one of the most hostile environments you could ever imagine. Yeah, the results weren't what you wanted, of course. But how, how much is it going to help your team entering conference play, going to Dallas, that you've already been in environments in Maryland and Florida like that? Yeah, I don't think that the the venue and the environment is going to matter to us anymore ever again. Uh, you know, I, I really mean that. I mean, uh, SMU has a really good football team, though. I mean, they they are heavy in the portal. Seven starters on defense from portal. Um, they're 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 very good, you know. And look, they're one of the favorites to win the conference. It's them and Tulane. And and you know, if you're going to win a conference, you got to beat the best guys in the conference. So we're going down, and um, we are very much looking forward to playing them. One of the themes in this week's Mining for Greatness episode is you and coaches talking about learning from failures. In your short time already in Charlotte, what have you learned the most about yourself that's kind of surprised you here in the early part of the season? Well, I've learned that I don't like to lose. Can't stand that. Pretty grumpy to be around. Uh, I've also learned, you know, to that this this whole process is it, it is truly a process it's a marathon not a sprint and and when you're a coach you are you know the word coach is derived from the words from the 1100s which means carriage you know like horse drawn carriage and if you're really a coach that is really a coach um then this is a this is a lifelong kind of thing you're doing with within people's lives, and and we'll know how this team is in twenty years, because we'll see what kind of if we've done our job, what kind of husbands and fathers and brothers and sons and members of the community these guys turn out to be. We just happen to now be keeping score on on football wins, and we got to get that done. One last thing, coach, before let you go get ready to get a win against SMU. Uh, in this week's Mining for Greatness, we get a peek at your your other hobby, and that's uh, cookie reviews. A couple of questions on this. First of all, 
what's the best cookie that you've had in Charlotte so far? Second, some of your players are saying you need to get your own show, your own cookie show on the Food Network. What do you say is best cookie in Charlotte? And the response to your players wanting to get you to be on TV doing a cookie show. Uh, well, I'll take the the last part first. They're idiots, and I don't need to be on a TV show tasting cookies. I'll weigh 700 pounds. Secondly, um, the best cookie I had was the one I reviewed, uh, the peanut butter chocolate. Uh, it was unbelievable because it was it was milk chocolate chip, peanut butter, thick. It's a local company. And I and they they make them and put them in and sell them in other stores. I got to figure out the name. I'll get the name for you for next time we talk. But they are lights out. All right, coach. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll let you get back to work preparing again for SMU. Good luck this weekend, coach. Thank you. We now welcome in Coach Lewis Carella, the director of strength and conditioning for the Charlotte 49ers. Thanks for joining us. We see you fe- uh, featured quite a bit on Charlotte football mining for greatness. And you talk a lot about the passion of the players. Why does that passion that you see in the players keep you going? Go. Uh, it's why you do it. I mean, I don't have a job without them. And I realize that, and I make that a very big point in the way I coach. So, you know, I'll get to know every kid before I coach them. I'll interview all of them, uh, ask them about 20 questions about their own life and, and just try to see, you know, how they even got here. And I think from that point, we get on the same page and then they understand what I'm expecting of them and it it becomes a very uh, healthy environment. The players talk about how you've made an impact on their lives. Why is it so important for you to take care of of not just the players, but the the people that you coach as well? Yeah, I mean, that's where I think coaches get lost. It's, It's not about them. It's about the kids. And the kids really are inspiring. Like if you just listen to how they even got here, if you if you truly take time to to get to figure out, you know, the biggest obstacles they've overcome, who's at home, you know, what's going on, where do you go when you go home, who's there for you, um, you know, best coach you've ever had and why, worst coach you've ever had and why. Like if I feel like I know this stuff, I feel like I can truly make a difference in their life. And if I don't, I'm kind of just a dime a dozen, and I don't feel like they'll ever think highly of me down the road. And that's the goal. I mean, I can call anyone I've ever coached today that I haven't seen in years and we we can pick right back up like we saw each other yesterday. That's a big part of this whole thing. I think uh, a lot of people get lost and forget about that. Coach Poji, I think he needs this in the best term here. He he calls you a lunatic because you write the workouts and then you do them yourself. So when you do that, what message do you hope this sends to your players that you're writing them, but you're also doing yeah. Uh, ever since I started uh, this head strength coach journey um, back in 2015, I would do every workout I ever wrote. So I, I, if they work out at six, I'm there at four. If they work out at seven, I'm there at five. Like I, I just I have to feel what they're about to go through because not to not to say anything about myself. Yeah, it's important to be in great shape so you can inspire these kids. But I mean, that's where that's where the whole truth lies. I mean, if I'm going to push a kid through a hard thing, I got to know what I'm talking about. And I got to know where I felt it so I can push him through the wall he's about to feel. Like, I have so much insight when I feel what is about to happen before it happens. And they know that. And they always joke with me, too. Like, hey, coach, what'd you do on bench today? Hey, coach, what'd you do on squat today? Hey, coach, how far did you run? Hey, like, how fast did you run? 
And I'll always, I'll compete with them. I can hang with all of them pretty much for the most part in a lot of things still. So I, <laughs> I'm going to keep going as long as I can. You have quite the, the social media following. I saw you're up to, what is it? Was it 44,000 Instagram followers? I think it is. So how, how is that? I think that's the number. How is that another way to connect with not just your own players, but people in general that are trying to better themselves by what you do? Yeah. I mean, since ever, ever since I was a head strength coach, I started giving the teams a message of the day. And, you know, those have, those really weren't filmed by a school until I got to Georgia Tech. And that when, when people started posting like the things I was saying to the teams after the runs and lifts, they started going viral. And I think that's how I got the following. But I just try to stay consistent on, even in my Instagram stories, that's kind of where I hang out the most and just try to reach our players at night, in the morning when I'm not with them. You know, they might be going through something that they need to see that they didn't know they needed to see. So I try to be strategic about it. And and that's honestly why I wrote a book too. You know, I, it's a motivational message of the day for the entire year. So that's uh, been a hobby of mine for a while. In 2018, you were named Strength Coach of the Year when you posted about how people don't know you were actually fired twice in three years before that. What message can something like that send to people who may feel defeated now that there's better times ahead if you just keep going? It's everything. I mean, I think people are truly seeking just the instant success and the instant follows and the instant uh, wins, but that's not life. I mean, that's the exact opposite of what it's waiting for. You know, it wants to help you in life. You know, it wants to really care about you when you're down. And honestly, that that's what I lived through. I mean, I... <laughs> I was an assistant in Michigan for three years and I was dreaming of being a head strength coach one day. And I got my first opportunity at North Texas and 11 months later I was fired. I mean, I had no control over it, but that's what happened. My wife was pregnant. We had our health insurance cutting off and I didn't know where I was going to be or even get a job. Luckily I did, but two years later I was let go again. And at that point I was contemplating so many different things of why am I doing this to my family? But I kept believing in myself regardless of who believed in me. And that next year, I was named National Strength Coach of the Year in college football. So my testimony to that is don't give up. Keep believing in yourself. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be fair. It doesn't matter how good you are sometimes. You're still going to lose. But if you give up, you're always going to lose. And that's really where I'm at in life. I, I'm at peace. I know this is the right thing for me, no matter what the results are. And I'm here for the kids. Do you share that with a lot of players when you're trying to motivate them to to keep going, how much of your story, your journey, where you've been is put into your work that goes into the players? Every day, every day I'm with them, they feel something from me, my heart. Every day I'm giving them a piece of advice that I had to go through the hard way. Every day they're with me, I'm giving them a piece of a mindset that I had the wrong way when I was their age. I mean, I'm always trying to just, you know, have these meetings with the kids that are struggling. And I mean, there's there could be a different episode every day, but I, I have a lot of value to give them through struggle, not through success, through pain, through uh, real life things that are actually going to happen and not just this boat ride you think they're going to go on as soon as they get out of here, like everyone's going to hand them something. That's Coach Lewis Carella, Director of Strength and Conditioning. Thanks so much for your time today. All right. Thanks so much. We now welcome another very special guest to the Charlotte Football Mining for Greatness podcast brought to you by Raven Media. Charlotte 49ers linebacker Demetrius Knight II, who had a strong defensive performance last weekend against Florida, 
two tackles for loss and a sack. Demetrius, what's up, man? And what was working for you guys on defense last week in the swamp? Uh, what's going on, man? Uh, I mean, point blank period thing that works for us is relentless pursuits of the ball. Communication breeds understanding. So when everyone's on the same page, we are a very hard defense to get by. And I think we pride ourselves on that. And, of course, uh, usually, you know, settling into a game, nerves can be high, anxiety can be high. And, of course, that's always expected on the first drive, honing on what we do best, which is relying on communication, relying on technique, and relying on trusting the guy to your left, to your right, doing your 111. You guys, you know, you, you haven't got as many wins as you want, of course, but you're playing some really good teams in Florida, Georgia State, and Maryland. Conference play starts this weekend. From the defensive side, how battle-tested and ready are your guys to get after it here in American Athletic Conference? I believe, like uh, like Coach Bud, you told us at the beginning of this week, that uh, we got we got exactly what we needed out of the first the first few games. You know, uh, we got to knock the rust off. We got to see what people can do, what we need to go back and work on, what needs to be cleaned up, uh, where communication has to get better, what groups play to play play better together, which guys play better next to each other, which guys communicate, which guys don't communicate, and how can we get those guys to communicate better? How can we all continue to get on the same page? Absolutely. Demetrius, we just spoke to Coach Corella, the strength coach and Coach OG. You worked with Coach Lou Corella when you were at Georgia Tech. Well, what does it mean to you as a player to have coaches who care so much about you, not just as as players, but it feels like Corella really cares about you as people even more than players? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, that's that's what makes coming to work, I believe, worth it every day. Because you know that at, at Georgia Tech, there was there was a time where, you, of course, you you get tired during the season. You have to rely on your technique and rely on your discipline. Remember why you're doing what it is you do. But I believe when you come into this building, there's the family connection. So sure, I have a family uh, at home as well. But when I come here, it's, it's not a disconnect. It's it's not like you know, I'm going to see my my coaches. It's like going to see another part of the family. So. I believe that that makes this game worth it, and it makes Saturdays worth it when you go out there with the game plan, with the mindset that I'm going to do everything for the guys on the opposite side of the ball that I might not see all week. But uh, that goes into trusting them to do what they have been brought here to do. Never really a disconnect. Uh, Coach Lou being here is just an, a plus because not everyone gets to see not only – the kind of type of coach he is, but kind of the kind of the dad figure and the guy who who wants to know how how life's going outside of football, and, and that's what Coach Bogey does as well. Not only does he care about what we're doing on the field, of course, that's going to come with football. But most importantly, he wants to make sure that, like you said, uh, twenty years down the road, like are you benefiting people around you? Are you uh, being a better husband, father, brother, and so on and so forth? Uh, how can you really? take this game and further it in your life years on down the road when football does stop. So I, th I think that's incredibly important. When you were in the portal, you had a visit to Florida. I'm sure a lot of interest from Georgia Tech. What drew you most to Charlotte in this 49er program? Uh, really, it was just the – they were truly the only team that gave me a chance. Uh, you know, there's some there are some programs up there. There, Of course, Florida, they were, they were on me – 
pretty quickly as I went into the portal and, you know, had me out there at work, was in contact with me. But, you know, that's that's now that's now a guy playing sometimes. Uh, and then I get uh, the call from Coach Proji and Coach Lou and they gave me a shot without without having seen me, not knowing if I if I was working out or running, which I most definitely was because, you know, I kind of felt like uh, Batman locked in the cave and we uh, had to face Bay on that one episode. So I'm just working, trying to get get the muscle, trying to look different than I've ever been because, you know, it's, it's, it's a different mindset when you, when you kind of feel like an outcast. But I mean, that's that's what this team kind of is. People who did weren't really given a, a fair shot at other places where they thought they could shine. Russ Diamond's trying to be shit. That's what this Mining for Greatness docu-series and this podcast is all about. We really appreciate you so much, man. We'll be pulling for you on Saturday. And I, I would love to talk to you for another hour or more, man. It was it was great. I'll, I'll be a big fan of yours. We all will, man. We appreciate you so much. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. Uh, that's all the time we have for episode four of Charlotte Football Mining for Greatness podcast brought to you by Raven Media, the Charlotte 49ers in action on the road Saturday at 730. Conference play underway on DSPNU. <laughs>